On this episode of the Advanced Foundations Podcast, hearing God will take you on an exciting journey of growing in fellowship with Him and walking in His ways as you respond to His voice. Welcome to uh, Hear and Obey. This is session seven. Uh, I've, I've said in the others, I hope that you've enjoyed them, but the truth is I hope that you're hearing God better. Uh, that's the whole purpose of sharing this information. Last session, I gave you some information that I encourage you to go back over that. We always have questions about, are we hearing, are we really hearing from God? Are we here? Is this something that's just in my mind? Or how do I know the difference between if the enemy gives me something? And so last session, I shared that and gave some pointers. There, this is no exact science. Uh, remember, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. They will not follow a stranger. So it's learning how to press in and learning how to develop that relationship with the Lord. It's not a, a perfect anything. We're, this is a journey. Uh, and again, I've said many times, you know, we'd love for God to just give us a, send us an email. And we just have a little note here and tell us exactly all the things that we want to hear and what God is wanting to tell us. But the truth is, he's wanting relationship. And he wants us to grow in the relationship with him. He's not interested in just giving us instructions or commands. And we're and he doesn't want us just to come and always asking for stuff. He wants there to be some relationship in this. So that's what God is doing. So this particular session, I want to focus on just visions and dreams. Uh, if you go through the scriptures, you're going to find a lot of visions and dreams throughout scripture. Uh, this is Acts chapter 2. And this was on the day of Pentecost. Now, remember, this is a prophecy out of Joel that, that Peter says, It shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men's servants, on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. Now, what what is being said here, what Peter is saying is that with when God pours out the Holy Spirit upon us, what happens in our life is that the spiritual world all of a sudden becomes alive. Uh, until that point in time, till you're really born again, filled with the Spirit, you're not aware that there's another world around us. The real world is spiritual. So what he's saying here is that, look, in these days, the last days, we obviously, if he says that's the last days then, well, we certainly are still in the last days because Jesus has not returned to get us and, and to be to gather his bride. So we still live in this time frame. It's the church age, whatever you want to call it. But in this season that we live in, God is pouring out his spirit upon all flesh. If you will receive him and embrace him, all flesh. And all of us are going to be able to prophesy all will have visions and dreams. It's not just limited to young men having visions and old men having dreams. I believe that what he's saying is the spirit realm is open, and really it's going to be available to everybody. So what we're saying here is that this is not limited to anybody. It's for all of us. Look at this. The Holy Spirit's going to be poured out upon all flesh. That's all of us. That's just a few. That's all of us. So the sons and daughters are prophesied, so that the promise is not only just to one generation, but it's to all of us as we continue to walk in the things of the Lord. Young men will see visions, old men dreams. But the truth is, is that all of the gifts of Spirit, all the spiritual realm is open because of the Holy Spirit being poured out upon us. And so this is, what, this is where we live. 
visions and dreams, prophecy, normal. The, the spiritual activity should be normal for us as believers. It's not some abnormal thing. It's not some, ooh, it's only for those really spiritual people. No, all flesh, all of us, every one of us. God is not a respecter of persons. He loves us all. He has poured out his spirit of all of us if we will receive him and embrace him and press in to say, Lord, I really want to know you, and I want to hear your voice, and I want to continue in this. So I want to focus on visions first. And a vision is basically defined by Throng's concordance as the act of gazing, external, or an aspect of internal and inspired appearance. Now, again, if you want to go through scriptures, there's going to be a number of instances where there are visions and uh, he goes all the way back to the Old Testament. There are lots of, there were visions in the Old Testament too. The first one I want to look at, though, I'm going to spend a little time here, and this is in Acts chapter 10. This is a story of Cornelius, and I want to just read some of the story. All of Acts chapter 10 is about the Gentiles coming into the fullness of the kingdom of God. It's about Peter sharing the gospel with them. But I want to point out some things here. Acts chapter 10, verse 1, there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what is called the Italian regiment. He was a devout man, one who feared God with all of his household, who gave alms generously to the people, and he prayed to God always. At the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said to him, your prayers and your alms have come up as a memorial before God. Now, this is a, uh, Cornelius is a Roman soldier. He's over 100 soldiers. He is a, uh, obviously it says he's a God-fearing man. He didn't know God, but he just knew, knew something was there. And he was trying to be a, a good person. And so he has a vision. So again, uh, again, we, I just got through reading in Acts 2 that he's going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Really, we're talking about believers, but this is a, at the point in time as a non-believer. So lots of spiritual activity, I'll call it that, but he had a vision. In the vision, he actually saw an angel. I don't, how would he know it was even an angel, but other than God's grace upon his life, talking to him. And so he, he told him something to do. He said, send to Joppa. Verse 5, for Simon, whose surname is Peter, he is lodging with Simon a tanner, whose house is by the sea, will tell you what you must do. And when the angel who spoke to him departed, Cornelius called two of his household servants, a devout soldier uh, from among them, and waited for him continually. So when he had explained all these things, he sent them to Joppa. Now let me just make a comment. The title of our this whole series is called Hear and Obey. A key to hearing is obeying. Uh, Peter, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Cornelius, if you think about this for a moment, he's, he's a Gentile. He doesn't, he doesn't really know God. He probably knows there is a God, but he's not even sure who that God is. He has a vision, but immediately he responds and says, okay, I, I'm going to do what, what the angel told me. Uh, I think this is amazing, and this is why I'm encouraging all of us that uh, the last session we're going to talk about is obedience, but and, and we're not talking about trying to get God to do something. We're not talking about legalism. We're talking about responding 
to the word, responding to whatever God shows you. So verse 9 says, the next day they went on their journey and they drew near the city. Peter was on the housetop, was up there praying about the sixth hour. He became very hungry and wanted to eat, but while he was while was being made ready, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven open and an object like a great sheet bound at four corners descending to him and let down to the earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals and uh, of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, birds of the air. And a voice came to him and said, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have not eaten anything common or unclean. And a voice spoke to him again and said, What God has cleansed, you must not call common. This was done three times. Object was taken up to heaven. Now, while Peter was wondered within himself what this vision which he had seen meant, behold, the men who had been sent from Cornelius made inquiry of Simon's house, stood before the gate. Now, I'm just going to stop there for just a second. Um, so we have Cornelius, who has a vision, sees an angel show up and talking to him. He responds, Peter, who the angel told told, uh, Cornelius to go send to get Peter, because he's going to tell you things to come. Peter's up there praying, and it says he fell into a trance. Well, he later says it was in that vision. So what's happening here is that we should see in one chapter uh, the whole issue of vision, what they're seeing something, not in the natural, but they're seeing it in the spirit. They're seeing it in their mind's eye, but not with their natural eyes. They're seeing something that's like, oh my gosh. And he goes, I don't eat that stuff. I mean, what are you talking about? So here's the key I want to point out here. Verse 17 says, now what Peter wondered within himself. Uh, And what this means is that whenever you have a vision, or and we'll talk the same thing about dreams, whenever you get something from God, excuse me, you need to continually press into God to try to find out, Lord, what are you saying? Because visions and dreams are very symbolic. There's there's all kinds of typologies and symbols in there. And a lot of times we think one thing, but God is actually meaning something else. So a part of it is, is that why didn't he just tell, you know, I've, I've wondered, why didn't God just tell Cornelius? Why did he have Cornelius go through this send his servants, go to Joppa, get Peter, give Peter a vision. Peter, it's it, and let me go on here because it's very interesting. They got there in verse 18, and they called and asked whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. Well, Peter thought about the vision, so he's still going, what are you trying to show me? That's what we need to do. Whenever you see something, it's not just, oh yeah, that's what it is. No, Lord, help me. I want to hear you. I want to I wonder, what are you showing me? What are you, what are you saying to me? He said to them, behold, these men are, are seeking you. And afterward, now remember, it's about the vision, the Spirit spoke to him. So we have all kinds of spiritual activity just in these chapters, and I'm not going to continue reading that. Uh, that, that should uh, tell you enough right there. There's many passages about that. But it's still so interesting to me is that why didn't God just tell Cornelius but see, God has chosen to give us, uh, say it in this way, he loves us, but he wants us to press into him. Again, he's not interested in just giving us information. We have a tendency to want information. <clears throat> he's not interested in giving us information, he's interested in relationship. 
So he's got all of these components working. He's got an angel showing up in a vision to Cornelius. He's got Cornelius telling his servants. The servants have to obey to go to Joppa. Goes to Joppa. Peter, who's praying, he has a vision. He's wondering what the vision means. The Spirit speaks to him, says, go downstairs. These guys were sent from God. The whole time, I mean, this is normal. Normal activity is seeking God. Normal activity is going, Lord, I don't, I don't understand. What are you showing me? What are you saying to me? Uh, so if we've got Peter doing this, later we won't read it, but in Paul, the same way, he's trying to go on a mission trip. Spirit says no. Tries to go someplace else. Spirit says no. And then all of a sudden, a man from Macedonia shows up in a vision, and Peter and Paul says, oh, I guess that's where we're supposed to go. And it says, after they conferred, because again, I'll say this a number of times, always get counsel when you're hearing things, and especially anything that's major. Always get those around you, spiritual authority. Don't make decisions based on anything without wise counsel. But anyway, then they go to Macedonia. So we see this on and on and on and on. And so what a vision is, is basically something you see in your your mind's eye. It is something that not trying, you can't generate it by your own energy. It's not something that all of a sudden you can, I'm going to have a vision. No, God just gives you a vision. And this is what happens so many times. We'll see a picture and, and we're going to have to learn how to be sensitive. Uh, we'd like to have a movie, but no, he, he gives us just a glimpse, a picture. I was praying before we ever started the church. And we were, the group that we started the church with, we were in, in an office, and I had a picture of an old frontier fort. I like Western movies, but I hadn't been watching Western movies. And I, all of a sudden, I, I had in this, just a, a picture flashed into my mind of an old frontier fort. I went, whoa, what, what is that? We're not praying about forts or, or anything. And I had three little pictures. That's all that I had. I had these pictures, and basically one was a fort. One was, I could tell people were coming into the fort. The next one was, it seemed like that the fort was fairly occupied, and the area around it was beginning to be peaceful. And then later, the, the third picture was that you know, I could tell in the spirit that there had been an enlargement and settling and possessing the land. As I prayed about it, I kept saying, Lord, what are you, what are you saying here? And I began to realize that, wow, that's, that was a picture that he was telling me about the different stages that we would go through as, as we started the church. And so there's just so, so much here. There's so many things that God wants to reveal to us. Remember, we're talking about hearing God, but we're not talking about just hearing something audibly. We're talking about God communicating to us in multiplicity of ways, and visions are one of those ways. I shared before, let me just share again about this, the picture I had of the, when I was in my grandmother's house of the old skeleton key. And I was reading in Matthew 16, where it talks about the Jesus starting his church. And he said, the gates of hell will not prevail against this church. I'm going to give to you the keys of the kingdom. And the moment I read that, and we, I talked about the same issue a few sessions before, when you talk about getting a word from the word, and I got this picture of this old skeleton key from my grandmother's armoire. Well, obviously, he just got the same. We'll give you the keys to the kingdom. So I know it has to do with the church and the kingdom and, and the keys represent authority and all this kind of stuff. And I, I kept praying and praying and praying. I didn't get anything specific for a long time. And nearly a year later, I'm watching, I was watching TV and watching a Christian station 
somebody preaching behind a clear lectern, and it was much more formal than this, and in the front of it, it had etched in the, the plastic, was, was a very formal cross, and the moment I saw that cross, I go, wow, it reminded me of the key. I said, wow, it looks like the key, and the Lord spoke to me and said, the cross is the key. Now, I, I, I wonder so many times, Lord, why didn't you tell me that the first time? Why, why didn't you tell me that, you know, a year before? Don't know. Maybe he was. Maybe I wasn't listening. Maybe I wasn't hearing. Maybe I wasn't at a place where I could understand. But the point is, is that God, he, just, he wants us to keep pressing in. So, Lord, what are you saying? That picture, that vision changed my life. And for years, the unfolding of the cross changed uh, not only my life, but I wrote a book on it. It's been the basis of our church ever since. So visions are pictures that you need to press into God to try to find out what he is saying. Now, dreams basically are the same thing. The only difference in a dream and a vision is that dreams are when you're sleeping. Um, James Ryle, who is a friend of ours, uh, really, I, I went to his uh, seminar on hearing God years ago, and it was, again, a lot of the information I'm sharing here I really got from him. He basically says there's five types of dreams. Number one, there's flushing dreams. It means it's just the activity of the day. Sometimes there's just so much stuff going on, and it's just it's just a literally that's all it is. It's just activity. Sometimes there's nonsense dreams. They really don't make any sense. I don't know. I'm not a real dreamer, so it's not like I've, I've got real expertise in this. There are plenty of books out there. I encourage you to search um, on dreams and visions, and there's lots of things that have been written. This is obviously not a very comprehensive study on dreams. There are second heaven dreams, which means they're demonic. Enemy is trying to frighten you. He's trying to do something to move you in a wrong direction. How do you know those? It's all unsettling. Remember, my sheep hear my voice and they'll not follow a stranger. So when you talk about something from the enemy, it's always going to be very unsettling. Now, I said last week, or the last time we had a session, when you can talk about sometimes things that are unsettling from the Lord, but then that peace is going to come. The enemy, there no peace. It's just unsettling. So anytime there's that real uneasiness stuff, it's like, ugh, what is that? That's probably not God. Then there's dreams of activity. Just because you're so involved in something, you, your, your mind is at the hard time slowing down. It just, you know, that whole activity, you just, because you're involved in something, you just sort of, you can't hardly let it go. And then the fifth one is there's actually dreams from God. As I said earlier, you can go through Scripture. There are lots of dreams and visions in Scripture. Um, think about, you know, I, I you think about Daniel in the whole book of Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar's dream, and Daniel interpreting the dream. There's lots of things if you go back to the Old Testament. But again, remind, I remind you, the second uh, chapter of Acts said that your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will have visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And again, it's not limited to just old men dreaming and young men having visions. It's talking about the whole spiritual realm. So just like visions, dreams are extremely symbolic, and you need to understand the symbolism that's in the Bible. For example, when you see a lion, who's the lion? Well, the Bible says that the devil goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him. 
But in Revelation, we're told that Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. So just because you have a picture of a lion or something, you better, Lord, what are you saying here? Obviously, uh, we're told in, in when the uh, Paul said, I mean, when Jesus sends the disciples out in uh, Luke chapter seventeen, they come back and say, "Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name." He said, "I know. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I've given you authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions." So more than likely, when there's scorpions and and serpents, uh, they sting and bite with poison. You're probably talking about demonic activity. So there's lots of symbolism in Scripture, and we don't have enough time to cover hardly any of it. So that's my point is that a lot of times dreams are very, very symbolic. So this is what I recommend. If you dream a lot, uh, you need to have something beside your bed that you record and try to get up immediately and write it down. If you don't, it's hard to remember those dreams later on. So I just want to encourage you to really get these dreams, write them down. Um, if you want, if you don't do that, it's 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 going to be hard. If you want to continue in dreams, ask God to give you dreams, and then get prepared. Get a pen, get a pad, get ready to go. And then when He gives you a dream, write it down, and then seek Him for what is He saying? What what's He really doing? Um, I mean, it's so so very important to to do this. I've had people um, that have dreams like movies. I mean, it's just like wow. I mean, they, they, they remember all the people in it, the colors, the background, what was going on, what was being said. I don't have dreams like that. <clears throat> Some people have visions like that. I don't have visions like that. But it's just not an issue of trying to have something. The issue is just being faithful with whatever God gives you. He communicates in many ways. He may not communicate the same way with somebody else, so don't try to copy somebody else. Um, a lot of times... You know, dreams are just, for me, they're like visions. They're sort of brief. I had a dream one night, woke up. I saw the number four and P. But I, I thought, okay, four, P, what is that? Immediately, I got passion, purity, power, and prayer. And I, I got up. I wrote it down. I said, Lord, what is this? He says, what I want the disciples to look like at Sojourn. I want the disciples to be, and so I wrote it down, and so I, I prayed over that. I shared it with the leadership. I've shared it with other people. We've used that as sort of a foundation of saying, okay, this is what we're wanting to develop. We want to see disciples that are passionate for Jesus. We want to see disciples that that live by the Word of God in purity. We want to see people that are disciples that are empowered by the Holy Spirit doing Luke 4, 18 and 19, and we want to be disciples of prayer. So I got that in a dream. I got another dream. In fact, where these studies came from, I dreamed one night and I saw this foundation stone and uh, it had writing on it. And I woke up and I was frustrated because I could see lots of activity, but I couldn't get anything. And I felt like the Lord said, I just wanted you to see that. That's all I'm showing you. I said, okay. So I looked at it and said, advanced foundations. And I go, okay, uh, advanced foundations. So I wrote that down. So what are you saying? He said, well, what you teach is foundational, but it's advanced foundations and it's going to go worldwide. That, that again, I brought that back, shared that with those in authority, those in leadership here at the church, with the, those that I feel comfortable and confident that we're hearing God, pressing into God, and felt like that that is true. That's the beginning of the 
the, the discipleship series and the advanced foundations that we've been teaching that this is part of, and started a number of years ago putting these into manuals, of which now we're, we're refilming them so they can be more accessible on the internet. And we've gone, literally, they've gone worldwide, gone all over the world sharing the various different, different ones and teaching the various different components of this. Um, and so that has directed our lives for so long. So I just want to encourage you, dreams and visions, it's from the Spirit of God. You always need to press into God to find out what is he really saying? What's really being, what, Lord, what are you wanting to show me? Always counsel with those in authority or those you're in relationship with. Do not ever make major decisions about a dream or a vision without first counseling with someone and, and presenting it and, and certainly to God saying, Lord, help me understand this. Now, I want to pray for us. I want to pray that God will give us dreams and visions, okay? Father, we love you and bless you, and we thank you that you communicate in so many ways. We thank you, Lord, that you have you, you love us. You're wanting to communicate. Forgive us for not hearing. But I'm asking, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you would help us to have spiritual ears. And Lord, I ask you to help us to have visions and dreams. And I ask you, Lord, to do whatever way you want to speak. Ask you, Holy Spirit, to come and lead us and guide us and direct us. You said you would tell us things to come. You would not speak on your own, but whatever you hear, you would speak. So, Lord, we just say you're, we welcome you. We ask you to guide us. We ask you to lead us. Now, just ask yourself, Lord, I want to have visions and dreams. Whatever and however you want to do it, but, Lord, you said in the last days you'd pour out your spirit upon all flesh. Sons and daughters will prophesy. Young men will have visions. Old men will dream dreams. Here I am, Lord. Pour out your spirit upon me and help me to really hear your voice. Lord, we love you. We bless you. We thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this timely message. Pastor Terry and Susan Moore had a life-changing encounter with the Lord in August of 1982. They opened their home to a Bible study, which turned into a church now located in Carrollton, Texas. They have never been the same and hope that you encounter Christ in a real way. For more, connect to jterrymore.org.